Welcome to the Freedom Mindset Academy podcast, where we will help you break cycles of burnout, build a sustainable entrepreneurial lifestyle, and have more by doing less. I'm Christine, a life balance coach. And I'm Maggie, an empowerment educator. And together, we believe that building a business should be fun. As the creators of Freedom Mindset Academy and the Energy Method, we're on a mission to help you live in the house you're building. Survival mode just ain't the vibe anymore. And we're showing you how to sustainably scale your business while actually enjoying your life in the process. We're dealing out all the tools to take back your time and energy so that you can cultivate a thriving business and life and do more of the things you love along the way. So pop into our weekly conversations and let us show you how we turn Mondays into Fridays. We are back. It's Monday. We're so excited to be here with you. Um, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're getting on this roll. We are doing free live trainings on Monday. Our community is growing and we are going to talk today about um, the problem that we have discovered. We've, we've been listening to the feedback and everybody is coming to us with a similar issue, just in a different way. Um, we're going to discuss burnout and feeling mm-hmm. stuck today. Yeah. It's a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. It's the big one. Yeah. It's the trigger for everything. Um, it, we're going to discuss our burnout stories and you know, how, how you get to that point, what it looks like. Cause a lot of people don't know that they're burnt out. I mean, you kind of feel it, but at the same time, they're like, it kind of looks different for everybody. And then, um, how, what's the first step to getting out of it? Yep. So Maggie, you want to, you want to start with your kind of your story? Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah. So my whole life, like, and I think I shared this before in an earlier live, I really struggled to find belonging. And so one of the ways that I got recognition and approval and validation was through my achievements. So I was, incredible student. I graduated with an over a 4.0 GPA from taking honors classes from high school, got into all the colleges of my choice, um, graduated magna cum laude from college and just like, you know, did like, I was like, and I partied hard too, but I like party hard, played hard, worked hard, everything hard. So my life was just like, no rest at all like literally no rest and I would just crash like when I would go home for vacation after college I would like sleep for the first 48 hours my mom be like you good (laughs) like I would just I mean I was literally just burning it on both ends I had like internships and like you know my own jobs that I could have income and then when I like graduated and went out into the real world I you know carried the same philosophy, personal philosophies. It's like hustle. If you want to make it, if you want to be respected, if you want to get that validation, you need to like work hard and sacrifice yourself. So I worked in film for a while. I mean, we were working like 16, 18 hour days, um, just like grinding. And then I decided, all right, if I'm going to work this long, I should at least be doing something that like feels like I'm going to change the world with it. So I decided to be a teacher continued working 16 hour days and just like also trying to play hard and have a social life because that was a way that I recharge is like connecting with people. And Mm -hmm. basically I was just checking the boxes and trying to do all these things that I thought, you know, I needed to do. I needed to do these things. These are the things I had to do in order to be a successful member of society and in order to like arrive. And it nearly killed me. I ended up in the hospital 
with an undiagnosed gastrointestinal disease. I mean, I was bleeding and they had no idea why I was a perfectly healthy (laughs) 26 year old, 27 year old at that time. And, um, it really, it was amazing, you know, and then they, they wanted to put me in all of these, um, autoimmune drugs that were really going to be pretty devastating to my system and very hard to get off of. And I was like, you know, (laughs) there's gotta be like, you don't know what's wrong with me. You're making a guess here, but I have a very clear sense that like the way that I'm living and eating and like working myself is what's the problem. And so that's when I decided to move to Costa Rica. I literally like quit my job at the end of that year. I finished the school year and I left And so can I just stop you just for a second, the awareness that you had right then and there to understand that doctors who are supposed to be the ones that know the answers, Uh you know, because right now we're very split, especially with COVID of like people who feel Western medicine and people who feel holistic. And for you to have that awareness to Uh say that you can't figure out what's wrong. I don't necessarily know what hundred percent what's wrong, but I know that the way I'm living is not working. Right. And I think that, I think a lot of people hit that wall. They just don't get to the second step. They Mm -hmm. go to doctor upon doctor upon doctor, and they get all these misdiagnosis or no diagnosis. Yeah. And then they realize, wait, what, how, if you don't know the answer, how am I supposed to figure it out? And then you have to like internally reflect. And I think the fact that you did that is what probably helped you speed up the process. I mean, and truthfully, like, I, I do believe, like, I think that there are so much merit to, uh, Western medicine and Eastern medicine. And like, you were supposed to work in partnership with your doctors. Right. And I was just not feeling there was not an intimate connection there. I felt like they were shuttling me through and it felt like they were missing something. And so I just, you know, I left, uh, against their orders and, decided to rearrange my life in a way that felt more sustainable. And I wasn't very successful at that at first. I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't really know how to do it. It took me a while to figure out how to do it. But in fact, I never had another issue. This was supposed to be a chronic thing that was going to affect me for the rest of my life. But after making some pretty big changes initially, I didn't have the issue again. So this is just to say like the stress that I was putting myself under for, I mean, I was like, even as an elementary school student and bless my parents, they, they didn't put any pressure on me at all. I was born with this pressure that I put on myself. Yep. I was just like a stressed out fifth grader trying to memorize the like states in alphabetical order, like waking my mom up on like at 7am on a Saturday being like, this quiz is on Friday, like a week from, you know, just like, Oh my God. That's That's how I was born. And I just, So I thrived for a long time in this like hustle culture until it broke me. And I think that our, like, and you're going to share your story too. I think the point at which we break is different for everybody, but it's, there are very few people who can sustain that level of like pushing without restoration, without tending to their bodies, without tending to their minds. It's, you know, we can't do that for forever. And I found that out the hard way. And again, I just want to reiterate, even though I found it out, even though I knew when I had an inclination and it wasn't working, it still took me a long time working on my own to figure out how to create a life that was actually sustainable. Yeah. I, um, you guys are going to realize why Maggie and I connected so deeply because same thing. My mom told me exactly the same thing 
uh, Christina, I never put pressure on you to get good grades or do all these things. And I was the one doing all the extra credit, being teacher's assistant, Mm -hmm. on a roll, all the same thing. Like it was just, now that may not be your experience. You know, whoever's watching it, you, it may be completely different. Burnout doesn't have to come from overachievers all the time. That's just what Maggie and I have experienced. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit of my story and then we can discuss other versions of burnout that are not like us. Um, but essentially I grew up in a, um, like a dance family. My, my dad's a professional ballroom dancer. And so you know, he opened up a studio when I was about 10 years old. And that's actually really late for most people to get into dancing. Usually they start a lot younger, but I was able to have, you know, a really great childhood and play and have a good time. And my family's by uh, continental. So we have family in France and in the United States, we were very blessed every summer. Yeah. We went to France this summer. What did you do? You know, everyone else went to like worlds of fun and we went to France. They're like, you went to France. So like, we already knew that we were different. Right. And when you start to realize that like you do things differently than other people do, you start to question those things. And my, my parents, you know, would discuss, you know, the blessings that we had in our lives. And my dad always used to call it kind of like, you know, the, the 5%, you know what I mean? That was always like a thing that we said around the house and not in superiority. It was never like, oh, we're better than everybody else. It was never that. It was more just like, you have a lot of resources. You have a lot of, you know, things in your life that are going to allow you to create a lot of amazing things to help other people or for abundance and things like that. So immediately you get that in your head and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to use this. Like mm-hmm. how, how cool is that? You know? So we, I started dancing. That was like the start of like again, we talk about this a lot, perfectionism, because high intensity, competitive sports, you know, ballroom dancing is just like the Olympics. You're in it, you're grinding, you're competing. Um, I was very black and white with my emotions. There was no gray area. Um, You would never even know that I had a period or anything going on like that. Like there was no emotions going on. And it was something I enjoyed because it was like, I was able to perform at a high place for of a, a long period of time and not feel like I was burdened by all of the other things that girls were having. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like all these emotional things, or I didn't get this. I didn't do this. And my boyfriend broke up with me, but I didn't do that. I didn't even date. I was like, I'm not dealing with that drama. Like that is not me. And so I was able to keep myself focused and maintain this high level of, you know, graduating with honors and doing all the things I got accepted into, um, the number one, uh, interior design program in the nation at Kansas state university. When I applied, it was number one. Uh, and they were only accepting 50 students across the nation. And I was one of those people. And I was like, yes, I'm gonna be an interior designer. I'm so excited. This is what I wanted to do my whole life. And I went away to college and I hated it again. It was, I checked every box. And then I was like, oh my God, this is not for me. I didn't like the, I, I I also am not a drinker. I don't like to party. I wasn't a sorority girl. Like that was never me, but I love to dance. And I had this whole dance community I created back home. And I was like, what did I just do? I just left everything that I've built that Mm -hmm. I love to go to college because that's what everybody told me I should be doing. And they told me that this is going to make all my dreams come true. And I felt like I was already doing that. Mm -hmm. So then I decided to leave the program, which a lot of people, in fact, I lost a very good friend because of it, because we were going to college together and she thought I was throwing my life away. 
So that's another thing. Boundaries, making sure that, you know, do what's right for you. People in your Mm -hmm. life are going to tell you differently and they may not agree with you. Um, and that's, that's too bad. Um, my mom is a scholar has two master's degrees. It was very hard for her to see me leave college. And my dad's an entrepreneur. So he was like, you do you like, I support you. And my mom supports us too. Absolutely. My mom's always supported my brother and I to the ends of the earth, but it was very hard for her to see that. Like, you know, you're not going to go the traditional way. So long story short, I go back, I start competing. I quickly win a world championship, like right into it. I was like, oh my God, this is it. I did it. Like, this is amazing. Everything I was working for paid off. And then my brother graduated high school and moved to Los Angeles to be an actor. And I was stuck in Kansas and I was like, what am I doing here? He's younger than me. I should be golf doing big things. I just won a world championship. So I went to LA, followed him out there, made sure he was okay. Tried to get a job at a dance studio. I just won a world championship. They only wanted guys. That's typical in our industry. They all want guys because the girls want to dance. And I was just, again, I was kind of beaten down. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, that started me starting my own company and doing all these things. I went into public relations. I went to all these things. And again, just like Maggie said, I was grinding. Because I was like, listen, I'm part of the 5%. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to make it. I'm going to create generational wealth. I put all this pressure on myself based on things that were around me that were happening. And I created my own narrative. And all of a sudden, that goes from, I moved out to LA. Let's see, I won my world championship in 2011. So now we're, we're at 2021. So that was probably like in that last six, seven years, I was just one thing after another. The thing that broke me was I met the love of my life. <laughs> I finally was dating, you know, meeting people, but I was like, ah, no, you don't fit into my life. Like I was just casually dating. Nothing got serious. And I met my current, my current husband as I'm going to have another one, my husband, <laughs> I met my husband and this was five years ago, almost to the day. And a year into us dating, he started looking at what I was doing and traveling and competing and doing all these things with my life. And he's like, okay, cool. Now what else can we do? And I'm like, what do you mean? What else? This is all I have. And so that started like, oh, wait, you're right. There should be more than just dance. There should be more than just this. Like I shouldn't be constantly trying to figure out how I can make more money. Like maybe I can just chill for a minute and enjoy my relationship. Like it started, I I started having all these questions that I never had as a single person you know, and it started hitting walls left and right. And my relationship with my parents changed my relationship with, you know, myself changed. And I wanted to now then two years later, we got engaged and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be a wife. Like all these things started hitting. And when I tell you I hit, like I had cry, I started crying for no reason. I was depressed. I was, I mean, all these things, not because I was engaged. I was, that was the happiest part of my life. And I was so excited for it. And I was so like confused why I was depressed and why I was sad. And I just realized that all these things I had built was not working for me. I was, I was a slave to it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hit this wall hard and I was like, oh no, I have to change what is happening right now. Cause this is not working for me. And I cannot go into my marriage this way so it just yeah it was a combination of so many different things um taking things out perfectionism took over once I stopped competing professionally 
and got into the real world. There was no transition. Same thing. Like you said, nobody taught us how to be in the real world after all this stuff, like high school, college competing, they all had structure. I, I did, I followed the rules. I checked all the boxes. I won my titles. And then I get into the real world and it's like, wait a minute, like perfectionism actually like hurts me. Like it never allows me to feel like I'm good enough. Uh, you know, you get all of these things and it just sucked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So very similar. Um, let's talk a little bit about people who don't resonate with the overachieving, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't that way in, in high school. Um, what does their burnout look like? So there are lots of different, like it can take on any form. Um, commonly you see people who have experienced um, trauma with like abandonment and attachment issues, feeling as though they can't rely on anybody else to do anything. And so they do everything on their own, feeling as though it's not safe to ask for help. And so they take on all responsibilities. Um, this goes the same with, and and this is super common. It's like the difficulty in asking for help, even in partnerships. Um, and you see this a lot too, in partnerships where, uh, there hasn't been a lot of communication before entering into the partnership about what specific roles are expected out of each partner. And do those grow and evolve? Do you pick up where somebody else left off or are there specific prescribed roles? And for like a lot of traditional, households, if the woman is expected to do, you know, take care of the kids, clean the house, cook the food, and also work her own job. I mean, this is, you're talking about two full-time jobs for one person. And so it's, it's really a lot about, I mean, it doesn't have to be that you're overachieving. It can be that, you know, you've experienced some trauma around asking for help. And so you just know if it, you have this belief that if it's going to be done, it needs to be done right. And it needs to be done by me. Um, or you're in a situation yes. where the household roles are not divvied up equitably. And so you're, you're taking on two full-time jobs rather than one. It can also be um, experiencing burnout just in terms of like striving for the next like level, always looking mm-hmm. for more. So this can yes. come from not clearly identifying your goals and not, you know, not knowing when you've reached different levels and when you can sort of readjust and re-navigate. Um, those are a few that are coming to the top of my mind that I see like most often. Are there any others? Yeah, I have one. Um, I had a client, uh, which I feel like is a repeated client throughout this time. Um, she started working from home because of COVID mm-hmm. and, um, she loved her job, you know, had a great office job, you know, nine to five, that kind of thing. Um, and when COVID moved her into her home, she was working from home, didn't set clear boundaries, her home life, her personal life, her work life, everything got jumbled together. Mm -hmm. She lost her morning routines. She, and, and honestly, there probably weren't solid enough morning and evening routines and different habits that were there in the first place. But once work and personal life merged together, it all got blurry. And then it's like, it becomes so overwhelming. You don't even know where to start. It's like going down to the basement to try to clean it out. And you, you just can't because it's just so much. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that is something that for someone who's not an entrepreneur, I see a lot of corporate people um, having burnout, but also that feeling of stuck right? It's that, it's that stuck feeling 
um, because burnout is such a buzzword, but it is something that a lot of people relate to. But I think also people relate to a lot of the feeling of being stuck and not knowing how to move forward. Like, I know I need to get out of this, but I have no idea what direction to go. And I have no idea how to get started. Yeah. And I'm seeing that a lot with, with COVID where people are thinking, oh, this is such a great deal. I get to work from home. And then they have, they all of a sudden their personal life goes away and they feel like they're working all the time. Basically now they're living the entrepreneur life essentially. Mm -hmm. And they have no, nobody teaches us how to have that life. So, um, so let's transition now into what is the first step? You know what I mean? Like people, they, they know they're stuck. We know what signs look like. It can feel like, you know, uh, numbing, overeating. You know, we had a, uh, live about numbing last week of what we do when we don't want to face the facts. We don't want to, you know, fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And now how do we get out of it? What's the first step? Um, so really the first step is assessing where, because burnout is, is a result of intense stress over an extended period of time. And so we talked about this last week, some too, but the difference between stress and stressors. So the stress is the emotional response, <clears throat> excuse me, happening in your body. A stressor is the, like the external. It's like the kids screaming and fighting in the background as you're trying to hold a Zoom meeting while you're working from home. Like that's a stressor, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then, but your stress, your stress is what's happening in your body as you're like, sweating and like making sure you're on you and like trying to make sure they're not killing each other with knives in the kitchen, but also paying attention to whatever your boss is saying, like that's the stress response that's happening in your body. So the first step really into, in, in dealing with burnout is like noticing that it's there. So yeah. noticing I like, cause here's the, the sensation that I get. It's like, wow, this isn't working. I feel stuck. I don't have the energy to figure out how to, how to crawl myself out of this. I feel like it's going to take so much for me to dig myself out of this hole and to like rebirth. And, and then so I'm going to stop you there. And then what happens if it doesn't work? Now I wait, I used all this energy I didn't even have, and I didn't even get the result I was looking for. So yeah. the answer, the comfort zone ends up being, I'm just going to stay where I am. Right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times, like it's, I've worked with so many people who've been like, I've tried everything. And like, first of all, I feel you, yeah. <laughs> but that's not true. It's we like, all have. Yeah. Right. But it's, you know, it's a story we tell ourselves. It's like, right. we've tried so much and we're just a point of frustration, not being able to, to, to crawl our, crawl our way out. And so really it takes like noticing, okay, this is, and this is you guys, the reason we're using the word burnout is because it's diagnosable now. Like this is a diagnosable wow. medical term. So like, it's not, it's not just like a feeling that you're having because you're being a little bitch. Like it is like a diagnosis. It's like, it's real. And so getting clear on like, this is where I am. This is what's happening to me. Now, what are, what are the stressors that are literally draining me? So like, even on like, you know, getting woo woo here, like on an energetic level, stressors are just like drain, just draining our energy. They set, they put us into fight or flight. They, our bodies are not meant to be in these elevated states. There are hormones being released. that are absolutely like, it's like the same result of like running from a lion and then like trying to sit back down and do your work. Right. Like imagine, you know, like we just, that's what's happening in our body, even though physiologically we're not moving, like we're not in that 
we're like mentally in that space, not physically in that space, but it is affecting our physical body. So getting really clear first up, what are these stressors and how, because in order, it does take work to crawl out of burnout. So you got to figure out where is my energy? Where am I losing energy? Where is it just like, I'm just like doling it out. Right. Yeah. And so- what do I feel the most exhausted after it happens yeah. or an interaction with someone or a, you know, a task I needed to do? Yeah. So what are those? Like getting really clear, what are my most prevalent stressors? And I want to be, you know, here's another thing. (laughs) If you have kids, if you have a high stress job, there are going to be things. If you're a caretaker for, you know, an adult family member who's ill, there are going to be things that you cannot, like, we're not suggesting like, all right, just cut all these stressors out. Like, obviously you can't do that, but being aware of what they are and how you engage with them moving forward, is going to be a huge key component. It's, it's the first step. It's like, it is, but also asking for help because, you know, if you're taking care of someone, is there a sibling that can help you take care of that person as well? If you have a high stress job, you know, well, you should contemplate, is that job worth stress? And if it is, then how do you talk to your, have a conversation with your boss and say, listen, you know, mental health is on the table. Now, these are things that are happening. Simone Biles at the Olympics, people are talking about mental health. So you, you're, if your boss values you as a crucial part of the company, then you should be able to discuss with him. Listen, I need a day off or I need less work here. or I need whatever, but this, I I can't maintain this for a long period of time because Mm -hmm. I'm going to end up just quitting or I'm going to end up doing terrible work. And that's a lose-lose for everybody, including him, you know, same thing with kids. Do you have a spouse that can help you out? If you're a single mom, first of all, God bless you. That is a, Mm -hmm. that is a crazy full-time situation. Is there someone in your family that can help you? Is there a way that you can create some patterns and routines for the children? Um, you know, like how can we, there's always a way around it. Yes. There's going to be some hard times, but as Maggie said, like awareness, that is the first step is awareness. You can, you got to get out of this numbing, you know, space where you're just walking around like a zombie all the time and just going through it and knowing that this is not sustainable. And you have to look around and start to write down, mm-hmm. this is not working. Mm-hmm. I am having an interaction with this person. And every single time I feel completely drained you know, and I, I've been a little, I've been pretty vocal about that on my personal, uh, socials and my podcast, but I don't know if I've talked about it here in September, I decided I needed to create some space for myself and some boundaries. So I, you know, had limited, uh, contact with certain family members and things like that. Not because they're bad people, not at all. I have amazing family. It was because I was focusing on something and their, excitement about their projects or their, you know, uh, opinions about what I was doing. It was just coming in and it was, it was just not working for me. So I needed to push that out a little bit. I was very nice about it. I said, listen, I need some boundaries. I'm going to use the month of September to just kind of hone in, focus on my marriage, focus on, you know, all the things. And everyone was very good about that. We're in October. Everyone's fine. Um, so don't be afraid to set boundaries with people. It's very important. Yeah. But I do want to say like, and this is, I hear this all the time from people who are like looking for help and like, aren't open to possibilities are just so close. Like, yeah. like say it's something, say you have children or you're in a, in a relationship that's struggling. Like 
they're just closed to the possibility that this can get better. And mm-hmm. I feel you. I have been in a sh- like a really horrible relationship before that I thought that I like had no way out of. But let me tell you, <laughs> as soon as you open up your mind to the re- like to the possibility that something can change, that's when everything starts to fall in place. So I like Christine's totally right. Like but she's describing the second step of like, now, how do we address these? Yeah, so I that's true. You, right. The right. first step is like, I don't want you to get like, this problem can't be fixed. So I'm not putting it on my list of stressors because there's nothing that can be done about right. it. Right. Don't get caught up in the action just yet. No, that's, right. and that's what we're here for too, is like support you in that process of figuring out what are the action steps right. to address this. But the first step is like, what, what is it actually, what is like actually draining me? And that's, it seems, um, simple and it may seem like your list is short, but I really invite you, both of us do to like spend some time, create a running list, create a note in your phone of like how you're feeling after like notice. And you can even do this practice of like, what does stress feel like in my body? Do you get like, I know my hands get tingly. I get like a jump in my stomach. I start to sweat. My heart rate is elevated. Like when I'm feeling stressed or like, you know, I can sometimes feel buzzing in my ears. I get headaches, like stress headaches. And I, and the stress headaches feel way different than a headache. If I didn't eat or am Uh dehydrated or whatever, like you can feel it. It's in a different part of the brain. And I already know, like, I got to (laughs) stop. Like this is not working. So notice that. No, check in with yourself. What does it feel like in my body? It's going to feel different for everybody. There are some common symptoms, but just really think about it. What does it feel like when I'm stressed out? And then begin to record the moments where you are experiencing that, that feeling in your body. And that's going to let you know, like, what are the stressors in my life? For some of you, it may just be like, no brainer. Like I already know I've been very aware of them, but writing them down is the first step into then addressing how to minimize their impact on you. Yeah. Um, definitely. I, I want to wrap up by saying that this is common. Um, a lot of people think, Oh no, like, why is this happening to me? Like, how did I get here? Like, I know I, and I'm sure Maggie felt the same way. Um, we are in a place in the world where we have so much technology, social media, so much stimulus, everything coming at us you know, every single day, uh, the amount of ads and things that we see every day, it's too much. It's, it's way too much. We are way overstimulated and our brain is not, was not created to function this way. So this is completely normal. We are all going through our own version of it. That's why this has become such a common thing to discuss because it, it is, it is happening to all of us in some way, shape or form. So I don't want you to feel like I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. I did something wrong. I didn't check all the boxes. Like it's not the case. You are absolutely totally fine and normal. And there is a way out of this. There are answers. And that's why Maggie and I are here. And we, we really want you to get value out of these live trainings. Um, and if you want to, you know, no more, like, please reach out to us. There's, there's so much to offer. This is just the tip of the iceberg, what we're giving you right now. Um, but we are here to help you as a support team and this community as well. And we want to know, we want you to know that there is a place to go. And that pushing harder is not, not the answer. No, it is not. (laughs) When I found out that like, Oh, (laughs) 
the way yeah. to fix this is not by working harder. It's like not by powering through. It was such yeah. a relief. And I think that's what we really want you guys to leave with is like, there is a way out of this that requires so much less of you. And that is just mm. Yeah. The, the having more by doing less, mm-hmm. it is, it is true. And I know people are like, how is that possible? That's not what society teaches us. And that's exactly why it works is because mm-hmm. society is clearly not teaching us the right things. And for, it a is reason. for a reason, right. And that's the thing we can go into that. It's a whole nother video, but also, <laughs> um, but also like, look at the common problems that everyone's having. We just told you this is normal. Everyone goes through a version of this in their life. And we're all in the same society. So that already should be a red flag. Like, okay, clearly there's other ways to do this. And we have discovered so much value in doing less and eliminating certain things from your life by having more. And a lot of times society and conditioning and programming tells you, you need more. You need the shoes to be happy. You need the house. You need more money. You need more kids. You need a soulmate. You need all these things. And really the happiness is inside of us. We create our own happiness and the outside things are supposed to be bonus happiness. Mm -hmm. And what it ends up being is that it ends up being a lot of things we have to maintain, which adds the stress, which is when we get to burnout. So it's just rewiring the brain because it's not things we're taught and we're not taught, you know, this for a reason, but we want you to know that there are, you know, if you want a different result, you got to do something different. (laughs) Yeah. Amen to that. So we're going to, uh, sign off for today. I think this is a really good, you know, um, beginning start for, for so many people to understand what burnout feels like, what it feels like to be stuck. Do you relate to any of these things? Comment Mm -hmm. below. Does this sound like something that you've experienced? Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to share your story in the comments, we'd be happy, you know, we shared ours, you know, let's get, let's get real guys. Let's get vulnerable. Um, but also like, just reach out if you have any questions uh, about anything that we discussed, we'd be happy to answer them for you and, and continue the conversation. Yeah. And even if you don't want to share your whole story, just dropping down what your major, what one of your major stressors is Um, so that we can sort of brainstorm as a group, like how, you know, step two, right. It's like, how do we then minimize the impact of this on my actual physical body and mental body? Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Awesome. Well, we will see you guys next week. Have a great time. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to join Freedom Mindset Academy, click the link in the show notes and apply for a free clarity call. Because let's face it, if you already feel like there aren't enough hours in the day, then you don't want to waste another minute not working towards life balance by creating sustainable systems and taking back control of your time. We'll see you inside the Academy.